1: Ready or not, here comes the NBA season. It's only been two months, a quick offseason, and back at it again. 2020-2021, NBA season gets kicked off tonight, Scott. It is the Golden State Warriors visiting the Brooklyn Nets, and then the Battle of LA in Game 2. All of those games you can catch on TNT. Of course, you can catch that on League Pass globally. Uh, Scott, are you excited? Has it hit you yet that the NBA season is here? The new NBA season is here.
0: I don't think it has hit me yet because just the timing of everything is so weird even on the site we're preparing for season previews and then Christmas Day things at the same time and that's just not normal Um, so from that perspective it it does it's catching off guard a little bit but I know as soon as that 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 jump ball goes up tonight and we get to see Kevin Durant make his Nets debut and Steph on the other side and Kyrie it's gonna feel it's gonna feel good again.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. He is Scott Rafferty. I am Carlin Gay. We are NBA Global, and this is NBA Sound System LIV Live. You can catch us every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 12 noon Pacific, across the NBA Global Networks. On this very episode, we will talk uh, some award predictions. We still have three left over from a week ago. Uh, We'll discuss those, course of the year, six-man, MVP predictions. We'll also finally give our finals picks. We won't give you the winners, but we'll give you who will be there in the finals squaring off in July. Sounds weird to say July, but hey, that's the times that we're living in now. But we'll start with our Western Conference preview, and uh, a part of that will include... Three teams that we'll see tonight. Let's start with the team that is defending reigning NBA champions. A lot of people are picking this team to get back to the finals. They got better, surprisingly, in the offseason. And, of course, I'm talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. Bron James and Anthony Davis is still there. So they're always going to be in the mix of contention. But they added some key pieces around them. And, Scott, we've talked about it already on this pro- on the show uh, it, that we both like what the Lakers have done. But now that we've actually had a little bit more time to digest it, we've seen them play in preseason. I know you can't take away too much from it, but we have seen them together. Are they as scary as you thought they would be? Yeah, this team's terrifying. Um, I was
0: one of those people who, who were big on them when they got there, uh, made all those that, that trade and then those free agent signings. Um, and, and to be clear, I, I wasn't big on the Lakers last year. Like I, I didn't think they were the best team in the league. Um, we didn't even have LeBron James as the number one player in the league going into last season. That was Kawhi Leonard. Um, and both LeBron and the Lakers kind of proved us wrong, um, you know, as an NBA.com staff. But me in particular, just because I wasn't big on the Lakers, but I, I'm big on going, big on them going into the season. I think you you have obviously LeBron and AD back together, um, the best duo in the NBA. I think they're just going to be a monster defensively when you look at Wesley Matthews is going to be able to re- replace a lot of what Danny Green brought, um, and then now you can kind of have Marcus Gasol at the end of games. Next to Anthony Davis in the front court, if you want to, um, and that kind of you know th- they can match up with some of the best bigs in the NBA, in Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, if they ever face him in the finals and things like that. And then I love getting Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell. I, I don't think their fits are quite as clean as Wesley Matthews and Mark Gasol. But I think they do two things. One, Schroeder brings a ton of offense, um, another ball handler who can play make off the dribble, space the floor a little bit. Um, And Harrell gives them a scoring punch that they didn't have at the center position last season. And the two of them together should be able to just feast on on second units all season long, which is going to be important with, given the mileage that LeBron has on him and such a short offseason, and kind of keeping him and AD healthy for for another playoff run. Um, I, I just think they're perfectly suited to kind of get through the regular season If they finish with the number one seed or not i don't think that really matters but i think they're going to be one of the best teams in the regular season and then as long as they're healthy come the playoffs i mean they're just going to be an absolute monster again um just top to bottom i think they're better than they were last year the only thing they're really missing is is kind of a lob threat at center Um, montrez harrell can do that kind of stuff but he's not he's not quite the lob threat that javel mcgee and dwight howard were
1: um but I, i think that's just nitpicking to be perfectly honest. I was just about to ask you to nitpick because this is a really good basketball team on paper. You mentioned they added Dennis Schroeder. That shores up their back of point guard role. And actually also takes some responsibility off of LeBron James. He doesn't have to play point guard as much as he mm-hmm. did a year ago. You mentioned Wesley Matthews a little bit. Uh, I think that's uh, a trade off with Danny Green. Danny Green is was a terrific player and uh, can do a lot of the things defensively that Wesley West Matthews can do. But I think Wesley Matthews is a little bit more consistent with his game and his jump shot, which, you know, Laker fans will tell you fell apart for Danny Green a season ago, even though he started off the season red hot. And you hope that Kyle Kuzma continues to improve. You get Montrez Harrell, who is hungry to prove himself on on a, on a deal, uh, and you know with an opportunity to win a championship. He had one last year, and I think he felt that the Clippers did not take it as seriously. Not only just in the regular season, but by the time they got to the playoffs, and then the bubble was chaos. Everything you know around his family situation wasn't ideal for him, so he's back on the court, ready to prove that. You know That was a blip on the radar, and he has a chance to now win a championship. And then Alex Caruso gets better, and then you have Marcus Saul another playmaker in the half court. So they have a lot of things going right for them. Give me one thing that could go wrong for them, other than health. I think the biggest question with them is probably
0: finding someone who can replace what Rajan Rondo brought to them in the playoffs. Um, just because he was kind of that steadying hand off the bench um especially in the minutes that LeBron was off the court and, and Rondo wasn't great the last two regular seasons but he really stepped up his game in the playoffs and that's you know as long as LeBron and AD are healthy I, I think they're going to be fine um but if they can kind of get that third person they can count on in the playoffs um maybe that's Dennis Schroeder uh, but I, I think that's probably the only question mark with them otherwise I think they're going to be a monster offensively again defensively as I said they just have so many different ways they can play because you can play Marc Gasol and AD next to each other um Montrez Harrell and AD next to each other but then you can also play AD at center obviously and go a little bit smaller um, maximize their versatility defensively and offensively um, and as we've seen in the last couple of years especially with the Raptors a couple of years ago just having those options is such an important part because it allows you to match up with different teams um, which inevitably you're going to face on a run to the finals so um, they're just a really good team and I think ultimately that that, that Rondo piece is the, the only one that's
1: kind of sticking out to me going into the season I think they're vulnerable again at the guard spot in terms of being able to defend elite guards in this league. And if they get into a series last year, everyone expected Portland to kind of give them some trouble. It didn't work out for them. I think Portland really ran out of gas by the time they saw the Lakers having to play, you know, those eight bubble games for them with the intensity that they had to play them with. Uh, and by the time they got to the Lakers, they were just they just ran out of gas. But I think that a team like, you know, the, the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, uh, you know, Portland, um you know some of the teams that you'll see in the Western Conference that have elite guards uh, when we get to the Phoenixes, they may not be able to eliminate the Lakers, but they'll give them some trouble uh, in, in a playoff series. And I think that if the Lakers can figure out, because Schroeder's not the defender that you know that uh, Rejon Rondo was, yeah, he can give you some more offense. But I don't think he's a defender that Rajon Rondo is. And if that is the case, then you're forcing LeBron to have to guard a little bit more instead of play safety, which he he got away with a lot in the playoffs uh, last season. So maybe maybe uh that's the way to kind of you know look at the Lakers and say that that if you we're really trying to nitpick here obviously but uh if you want to see the Lakers go down in a 470 game series, I think there's a team out there that if they can you know sure up or have an elite guard go off on them that might give them a chance at winning four out of seven.
0: I mean, you just said it, though. They, they faced Dame last year, and yeah, he ran out of gas and got injured. Um, but they kind of handled the Blazers no problem. They faced Jamal Murray. They faced James Harden. And they did that all without their best point guard defender and Avery Bradley, who's obviously now with the Heat. Um, uh, so, I, I don't know. I, I, I hear you. I, I think that's probably the biggest concern on their team. I just don't know how much it matters. Because, again, like they might not be able to guard point guards quite as well as other teams. But the reality is the teams that are going to give them trouble in that regard have just no answer for LeBron and AD. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think, by the way, Schroeder, the knock on him for so much of his career was that he was just an awful defender. Like, every advanced metric painted him as one of the worst defenders at the guard position in the league. And obviously, you don't want to take one season and, and just run with that. But he was much better on that end of the court last season. So I think, you know, y- you hope that putting him next to LeBron, AD, Marc Gasol uh, will kind of bring that back out of him. And yeah, maybe he's not, you know, as smart of a, he's not as as smart of a, of a defender as Rondo is. Um, but even if he can give you know, 80% of what Rondo did, may, maybe that's enough.
1: Yeah, he is a better defender. I've seen him defend at, uh, at a high level playing for Germany in the national team. All right, mm-hmm. let's move to the L.A. Clippers. Uh, this is the team that uh, I think everyone expected to give the Lakers the most trouble last season, and they didn't even get to see him in the playoffs. They got eliminated by the Denver Nuggets, blowing a 3-1 lead. A lot of turnover in L.A. No Doc Rivers. They now have... Uh, head coach and Tyronn Lue, who has won a championship and knows what it takes to get a team back on the same page after kind of seeing somewhat uh, a lot of turmoil leading into you know a, a playoff run. Um, you know they've they've given up two big contracts, head scratchers in my opinion to uh, to Marcus Morris and Luke Kennard. I know he's your guy, but he got paid a lot of money. Uh hey, that raised my eyebrows. Yeah, it was a lot of money. Paul Paul George resigns. Uh, good for him. He was able to secure his his future in L.A. The Kawhi Leonard situation. Um, people are trying to see. I don't know if people are trying to make something of it, but there's really nothing to be made of it. He can't go anywhere, and he can he couldn't extend. So we'll wait till the offseason to see if there's any real drama there. But this is the team they have. As long as Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are together, they're going to be talked about as one of the you know top five six teams in the NBA with a. Legit chance of winning the NBA title. When we're talking specifically about the Western Conference, do they pose the biggest threat to the LA Lakers this season?
0: I think they do, just because they have the star power to kind of match up uh, with LeBron and AD. And I think some of that has to come from Paul George being better than he was last season because uh, obviously he got off to that slow start. He he missed the start of the season after undergoing shoulder surgery on both of his shoulders, I think it was. And he could just never quite find a rhythm. Um, And again, I'm not a big, I've never been a big Paul George guy. But he is only a season removed from being a finalist for MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. And I have a hard time believing he's fallen off that much that quickly. And look, he could have because of injuries, but I, I just think that he could have a bounce back year. Um, and suddenly, if you, if you get the same Kawhi that they had last year in the regular season, because it's easy to forget that Kawhi basically had a career year across the board um, in his first year in L.A., You get a bump from Paul George. I think Serge Ibaka was a very good pickup for them, uh, replacing Montrezl Harrell. You can make the argument that Montrezl Harrell is a better player right now than Serge Ibaka, but I think Ibaka makes more sense for this team. Um, Offensively, he's going to be able to space the floor. Defensively, he's a little bit better at matching up with a guy like Jokic, who just absolutely shredded Harrell in in the playoffs last season. Um, and then Luke Kennard, I, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. I, I think he's just a, a good pickup for them, a guy who can play with and without the ball in his hands. Um, he, he'll close games for them, I think, although it depends on how, uh, how good he is defensively and whether or not he can stand. Um, the, the biggest question for me is what they do with Lou, Will- Lou Williams because obviously he's been a big part of the regular season success over the last few seasons, but he's entering the last year of his contract. And I think if you look at this roster, he's probably the, the, the one player... I can imagine them trading ahead of the trade deadline and getting someone in return to kind of make them a little bit better, or, or you know, correcting one of their weaknesses going to the playoffs. So that that's going to be the one thing that I look at because outside of that, you know, that Kawhi, Paul, George, um, and Serge Ibaka aren't going anywhere. Zubac isn't going anywhere. I think he could have a big season now that he's kind of. You know, the, the the maybe not the clear starting uh, center, but I think things just kind of make a little bit more sense with their roster and he'll benefit from that. Um, so I, I just think top to bottom, you look at that, especially with Kawhi and Paul George leading the way that they, they've got to be, even if they're not the second best team in the regular season, um, I think in, in the playoffs, they definitely have the second
1: best potential in the West. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they do have the second best potential in the West, um, but it's a close, close race between them and the next team we're going to talk about in a second here. But first, a reminder, if you haven't yet locked into NBA League Pass, now is the time to do it the 23rd features 13 scott 13 nba games the only way to see them all is if you have nba league pass nba league pass go on right now subscribe it's new it's an improved and i'll tell you what i've used the app i use the old app the old app it fails in comparison to this new one, because the new one is <laughs> 10 times better, so much smoother, the transition between games, I was able to switch between games without a problem on my smart TV, and uh, even on my phone, was very simple, the easy transition, and also, uh, the add-on, the MBA TV add-on was huge, huge, huge for those on-market games that you, you get on MBA TV as well, so... If you haven't at gotten the NBA League Pass, go out and get it. And if you had a bad experience with the previous app, let me sit here and tell you, it is not the same thing. Brand new app, brand new experience, brand new season. NBA League Pass, get it now. All right, I, I, I said that there was a team out there that I think could give the LA Clippers uh, a run for the money for that, uh, I guess, second tier in the Western Conference. I think Can you I guess know where your team? I'm going with this. Yeah. Can I, I, I guess, guess you know where I'm, Yeah, go for it. It's a, I, I'm guessing you're going to say the Blazers. It's not. It's not. Ooh, Uh, okay. It's not the the, the Portland Trailblazers. As you know, I'm high on the Portland Trailblazers and and what they did in the offseason, but I think that the Denver Nuggets are uh, a nose ahead of them in the race right now. Uh, When you look at the way that they ended last season, um, you know, a year uh, of experience and also a year of confidence under the belts of Nikola Jokic and both Jamal Murray. You have Michael Porter Jr., who can potentially break out and be a star. They added Faku kompaso who is a, a, a lightning bolt and, and someone that's going to bring a lot of excitement. Plus, they're getting guys back off of injury, Scott. Like, Will Barton was not there uh, for them. Gary Harris was injured, but he, he found his way back into the bubble. His shot still is a mystery. Who knows where his three point, uh, you know, shot is? It, it's gone. Um, can he get that back? Uh, Monte Morris is another guy that's uh, all under the radar. Another piece that they, you know, can add. And I know they lost some stuff with Jeremy Grant, but they still have a solid core here. And uh, you know, Jamichael Green, an under the radar pickup for them, probably paid too much to get him, but he's not a bad replacement for what Jeremy Grant gave them a season ago. The Denver Nuggets are a team, to me, that if there's going to be a banana peel in the Western Conference for a team that should make the finals to slip on, it's them. It's the Denver Nuggets. I mean, after what they did
0: last season, last postseason, I don't think you can count them out. They, they, they've earned that respect, um, rightfully to be one of the top four teams in the West going into this season. My, my biggest question with them is defensively, because I, I do think Michael Green was a good pickup for them. But he's not going to be able to do what Jeremy Grant did for them defensively in the playoffs last year. Um, I mean, he, he, he guarded basically every single position. There were times in that Lakers series where he was guarding LeBron and then he was guarding Anthony Davis. And he wasn't exactly slowing either of them down because no one can. But I think just having that one person who you can throw basically at anyone and you can just kind of live with, you know, you know they're going to play good defense. They're going to stick to the game plan. Uh, I, I think that's huge. And they really don't have anyone who can replace Jeremy Grant in that regard. And I think ultimately in the West, when you look at how much firepower these these teams at the top have, that could be their downfall um, because there's no doubt they're going to be incredible offensively. Jokic is an elite offense unto himself. Jamal Murray, I think we both expect him to take a leap this season. Whether or not that leap looks like the way that he played in the bubble, I, I don't know. I think that's probably expecting too much. Um, but if he can kind of become an all-star caliber player in the in the regular season, that would be huge for them. And then yeah, you're banking on Will Barton coming back, Michael Porter Jr. improving. Um, but but that still leaves a big question mark defensively for them. And that that's my, that's my biggest concern for them because um, otherwise, you know, they've they've proven it. Um, it's incredible to think that the amount of playoff success they've kind of already had, given how young this team is. Um, And how, you know, they have young pieces that continue to improve.
1: Uh, But yeah, that, that defense is a big question mark for me. Yeah, defense is a question mark. It's, it's been a question mark really for for Denver. It seems like for the last I would even go as far as to say twenty five years. Um, you know the last probably good defensive team they they had was when the was playing there. Um, it, it's been a while since uh since they've had a traditionally good defensive team. Even when they went to the conference finals with uh with Melo and Chauncey Billups, people were questioning that team's defense. It was more of an offensive team, and they get up and down and run and and all that stuff. So. I, I I get that, but I do have faith in what they what we saw in the bubble that they can play good enough defense to 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 beat you. And, and they, they proved that against the LA Clippers. They are gonna feel the loss of Jeremy Grant. I, no denying that. But they have enough pieces that they could make a trade, which leads you to my next question. Uh worst rumor in you know, worst secret in the NBA right now is that James Harden does not want to be in Houston. There are so many teams potentially out there for his uh services. Can the Denver Nuggets be one of them?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I want to say a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I wrote up some uh, trade destinations for James Harden and the Nuggets are one of my favorites. They were one of the four that I mentioned um, just because I think they have the assets. to They can put together a pretty interesting trade, um, but it obviously hinges. I, I Ultimately, I think they could go two different ways, right? I think for them, you either build a trade package around Michael Porter Jr., which obviously the Rockets would have to be incredibly high on him and believe that he does have a future of being a star. Or you go the Jamal Murray route, and I just don't think the Nuggets would do that uh, because he's under you know he just signed that extension, he's super young, has a ton left to improve, um, looks like an All Star, and he fits in so well next to Jokic. So, I mean, you can tell me what you think, but I I almost I don't think they go for Harden if they have to include Murray, uh, which sounds crazy when you think you're saying Murray is the you know the, the where they draw the line for a guy who's led the league in scoring three straight seasons, is a perennial MVP candidate and all that. Um, But if they could get him for a package build around around Michael Porter Jr., that team would be so nasty offensively. And obviously James Harden would have to change the way he plays a little bit to fit next to Jokic and Jamal Murray. Um, But I think when you look at some of the other teams that could be in position to trade for him, I think that's probably the most natural fit, I would say, if that makes sense.
1: Look, if the if the trade were, or the the package was centered around Michael Porter Jr. and them, if it was up to the Denver Nuggets, I think that trade probably would have already happened, right? Like I, I don't, I don't probably. think they're. Although they've uh, said he's untouchable, they've said yeah, he's untouchable. I don't
0: know you know a lot of franchises whatever. say that and everything, but they yeah. seem to be very high on him. So um, listen, I, I, no, I agree, I, I
1: agree with you. I agree with you. I think if it was just Michael Porter Jr., it'd probably be happening by now. It, um, yeah, it would have happened, and and, yeah. and I think you would have to. And I know that the Jamal Murray thing is a tough one. It's uh, I. I, you know I love Jamal Murray. I've actually I've watched Jamal Murray grow up. I've I've, I've he's grown up in front of my eyes. Uh, me being from Canada, watching him come, you know, from you know a non heralded player to a star in the bubble. Um, I love him, but I would make that trade. Uh, when you're talking about you know James Harden, who is one of the top ten players in the league, and then you have the ability to have two of the top ten players on your team, that puts you in the mix. And does they put them over the top? And 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 you know. You know, uh, beat the Lakers or the Clippers, maybe not, but at least you have a foundation over the next two seasons and possibly a third uh, to make a run at something and and build around two of the best ten players in the league in Jokic and Harden. And I I think I might swing there for uh for that move. And but I don't want to I don't want to go into that debate because that is a long debate to go down the road of I get both sides. Jamal Murray is also trending the right way, and this season could be a huge season for him uh, in terms of growth. Uh, including uh, my pick last week. I think I, I, I said it on this show that uh, I think Jamal Murray has a chance to win most improved, which is, is insane when you think about what he was in the bubble. But we haven't seen that from him consistently in a regular season. So we'll find out. Um, it brings us to the Blazers. Uh, they did an incredible job in the offseason, in my opinion, at um, kind of plugging some of the holes that they had. You, you questioned them defensively last year. They were one of the – you know, they were – Embarrassingly bad defensively last year. They go out and get two really good wing defenders in Robert Covington and uh, Derek Jones Jr. Everyone talks about the Covington part of it, uh, and, and he'll, he's, his his play is going to speak for itself. But Derek Jones Jr. is really good, and he is uh, he was one of the Heat's primary defenders last year, and also he was the anchor of their zone defense that was so effective, putting him at the top with his length i think there's there's something there that you know portland could replicate especially for a team that you know when their two best players and lillard and mccullum aren't known to be lockdown defenders you can kind of hide them a little bit in a zone defense and now you have an anchor to do that and maybe that allows them to play extra minutes uh maybe that allows them to stay out of foul trouble the, definitely they're big to so stay out of foul trouble if you play more zone so i like what portland has done i think they're going to do they're going to be a better team uh, in the playoffs, they're going to match up better against some of these be- these bigger wing teams, especially the Clippers. Um, I really like the Blazers. You're, you're on the other hand. You're kind of skeptical about them. Look, uh,
0: not to, to have the same conversation again, but they have a huge question mark defensively still, I think. Because last year, they ranked third offensively, which is crazy to think back on because they were missing Nurkic. Um, and they still kind of put together the third best or most efficient offense in the league. It was defense. They ran 27th on the le- in the league on uh, in defensive efficiency, and it wasn't that much of a gap between them, and I think it was the Cavs at 30th. Um, and yeah, Covington and Derek Jones Jr. are huge pickups for them, but I do wonder how much of a difference they're going to make in that regard. Like, are, are we... Do you expect them to be like a top 10 defense cuz to jump from 27 no, to 10 no, yeah but,
1: and- but but keep in mind it, it, yes they are just adding those two players but you mentioned it as well Nurkic wasn't there either and he right. is a good defender for his position and I know that Whiteside put up big time numbers defensively and and, and definitely had fantasy owners happy but he's not you know the the the, the team defender um that he could be and, you know, Nurkic is a better team defender, in my opinion, right now. He may not agree. be able to be the presence that Whiteside is in terms of, you know, the intimidation factor with blocking shots, but he's not going to make the mistakes um, and, and allow easy looks as Whiteside does at, from time to time. So I think you have to take that into consideration as well. Zach Collins is another guy who was in, in and out of the lineup last season who is, who is a, a plus defender. So I don't think they're going to be a top 10 defender, and I know that's where you have to be if you want to tend for a championship. But if they could get back to the middle of the pack with that offense, that's still trouble.
0: Yeah, and, and look, even saying the things that I just did, I think those two pickups were huge for them. I think they were really smart moves. And I like the the kind of options it gives them because they can go big with Nurkic. Obviously we saw Covington play center with the Rockets last season after that trade deadline. And I we might not see that a ton, but having that option of going small with Covington at center, Derek Jones Jr. at power forward, um, and then someone like a Rodney Hood or Gary Trent Jr., suddenly you can you know, you're a little bit quicker, you can match up, you can switch a little bit more defensively, and it just gives them a different look um so I, I but I do have some concerns defensively and I think the center position is one that's going to be huge for them because obviously Nurkic coming back is big um he it's easy to forget that I think he he was basically their second best player um over CJ McCollum that season that he got injured but um he looked good in the bubble but there's still a lot riding on him because if he goes down with injury or misses any time suddenly that means more on his canter and we know what his weaknesses are um, and potentially, you know, some Harry Giles, a third who I like, but suddenly if you have to expect him to play 20, 30 minutes a night, um, that's where it gets a little dicey and same thing with Zach Collins. I, I, I like Zach Collins. I think he's good, but obviously he's had injury problems and I don't know how much you can rely on him. Um, so, so as you know, as high, uh, powered as this team can be offensively. And I do think they have improved a little bit defensively. Um, that, that, that center position is going to be one that I'm watching
1: just because they don't have a ton of depth there. Uh, moving to the Utah Jazz, um, they have uh, one of the best players in the NBA in uh, Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell, whichever one you want to take it. Um, they at least have two guys that are in the top 20 of most people's rankings, right? Like he, That yeah. is a uh, recipe for a team that is what they've been the last couple of years. Get to the playoffs consistently, cause trouble in the first round, maybe make it to the second round, but then you're out of there. Um, but they have enough pieces I think around them they had enough pieces last year I think around them to make some noise in the postseason unfortunately for them they couldn't see them all in the bubble guys are in and out of the lineup they get back Bogdanovich this season um they're gonna have Mike Conley who now has his role kind of defined playing next to Donovan Mitchell and uh and they don't have any controversy around that team they know who's going to be there in the long term with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert being locked up um in 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 the foreseeable future so is this the year that we find out what the Jazz really have built in Utah? I think the one thing they have going for them is that they should be healthy,
0: right? Um, it's easy to forget that they didn't have Bogdanovich in the bubble. Um, and I think he was their second leading scorer all season long. And huge for them. Just another guy who can kind of give them some offense, space the floor, um, which is crucial when you're playing, uh, playing, building a team around a guy in Rudy Gobert, uh, who scores all his points at the rim. And i think defensively they should be a little bit better this season than they were this season than they were last season derek favors um which was the kind of their big move in free agency wasn't necessarily a flashy pickup but he's been with his team before those jazz teams with him and Gobert were monsters defensively and i think that will improve them in that regard and the one thing that i'm going to be watching for is mike conley um because last season he had a really down year for the jazz and they need him to bounce back and kind of be that borderline all-star to reach their full potential. Um, and I think there's, you know, a good reason to believe that he will. Uh, like Kind of like the same thing with Paul George. Conley's only a season removed from averaging a career-best 21.1 points per game, um, and I think he also averaged the second-most assists in his career with 6.4, and obviously that Grizzlies team was kind of bare bones at that point and, and built around him, um, but, but I do think, you know, he has the potential to be kind of the ideal point guard to play next to Donovan Mitchell because he can play on and off-ball at such a high level, and he's a really good defender. Um, And I think, you know, if he can kind of get back to that form and then Bogdanovich is healthy and they can kind of keep that starting five or move Joe Ingles in and out of that starting unit because that those starting four plus Joe Ingles last year was one of the best lineups in the league. Um, So to have six of those guys you can count on, um, maybe Donovan Mitchell takes another leap this season. Uh, Like we were just talking about Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell was an absolute monster in the bubble. And if that's a sign of what's to come, that would be huge for the Jazz. So I I, I don't know if I'd put them in the same. I don't know what tier I would put them in in the West, um, but they could absolutely be a top four or five team in the regular season. I, I would not be surprised about that at all.
1: If Mike Conley can shoot as good or anything close to as good as he shot in the bubble, that is a plus for the Utah Jazz. In the seeding games, he was uh, 37% from three-point range. And if you remember, he came back from injury in game three against the Denver Nuggets, nailed seven of eight from three, uh, leading to 27 points in that uh, in that big win, and kind of got them going in that series. And he averaged across that series almost 20 points per game on 50. Uh, 50- three percent shooting from three-point range yeah that would be huge if they can get that version of him if they can get that version of him he's obviously not going to shoot over 50 percent from three-point range but it seemed like he figured out his spots and where to pick them next to donovan mitchell the question is is going to be if he's going to be able to figure out his spots uh and where to get them next to donovan mitchell and bogdanovich who is also coming back into the lineup. All right, let's get into the Houston Rockets who have uh, the biggest cloud around them being that James Harden does not want to be there. Um, they they are uh, actively searching for trade according to all reports. Um, so I, I told you off air that I watched this team play with Harden, no John Wall, no DeMarcus Cousins, but I watched James Harden and Christian Wood uh, run that pick and roll and I said that this might have been the best option that James Harden had in the pick and roll situation for Houston uh, since he's been there and that includes the White Howard and Clint Capella. I think Christian Wood presents um, you know, the same ability to roll to the hoop as those two other guys but then he also has the pick and pop ability. I don't think James Harden's ever had that in Houston and it's a shame that he wants to leave, because I think that this Houston Rockets team could have been pretty good. I still have questions around whether or not Harden and Wall would work together in the backcourt, but I think if you you know staggered their minutes the regular season, they'd be good. I, I would have questions about them in the postseason.
0: Yeah, Christian Wood is like Clint Capella on steroids, or at least he has the potential to be because he he's one of the rare big men who can kind of play inside and out at basically equal levels of efficiency, and he's also got a really nice dri- uh, dribble game. Like it, if, if 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 a center has to bite on a pump fake or anything from him on the three point line, like he can put the ball on the floor and get to the basket and euro step, and and he has a pretty soft touch. Um, he has the potential to have a huge season. We talked about him a little last week. I I think he's he's my candidate for most improved um just because he ended the last season on such a high and i think he'll carry that momentum into this season so yeah i'm with you i think james harden and christian wood have the potential to be a dynamic like one-two punch in the west john walls looked great in preseason um demarcus cousins might be able to give them a little bit of something eric gordon if he's healthy um would be huge for them and i think yeah you're probably looking at one of the best offensive teams in the west again um any anytime James Harden is healthy and playing, uh, the Rockets are a, are a playoff team um, and he's you know a top 10 offense onto himself. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think as long if James Harden's there and he's playing to the best of his ability, that team is going to probably make the playoffs. I, I think history shows that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, when you were talking about that, I checked my phone just to make sure that James Harden hadn't been <laughs> traded because that kind of seems what the timeline that we're on right now. Uh, yeah. So there's just so much uncertainty with them. Like, I, I don't know if I'd pencil them in as a top, eight team in the West
1: going into the season just because of the amount of uncertainty. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, the Dallas Mavericks, they have certainty in knowing that they have an absolute stud in Luka Doncic. Most people expect him to uh, win MVP this year. Um, he was the betting odds favorite coming into the season. I think most of the public money, according to bet online over 50% was on Luka Doncic to win MVP this season. And uh, he had an incredible year last year. Now, this Mavericks team is a little bit different this season. They also lose their offensive coordinator that helped uh, kind of quarterback the uh, best offense or most efficient offense in NBA history. But he does get Dwight Powell back. Um, and hopefully at some point, Chris Porzingis gets back into the lineup. I think this Mavericks team is going to be somewhere in the bottom of the Western Conference uh, in the regular season. But they're not a team that I would be putting my hand up to see in a seven-game series because Luca is is a guy that can really win a series on his own. He just needs a little bit of help, and I think he'll get that. I think Paul Zingas
0: obviously is a huge question mark with them. But um, Josh Richardson was a under the radar pickup for them in the off season. And I think, you know, I think he can kind of have a bounce back year after a down year in Philadelphia. He won't have to create quite as much with the ball in his hands, but he does give them um, someone else on the wings who can kind of take some playmaking pressure off of Luca. And he's just, a—I think he's going to be a monster defensively again. Um, he, you know, a couple years ago, we were talking about him as one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And the amount that he had to do offensively last season in Philly probably took a little bit away from that for him. And I think he's going to kind of go back to what he does best in Dallas. And I think that could be huge for them. Um, I I still think this team is going to be incredible offensively. Luca in his second season basically only put up numbers we've only ever seen from Oscar Robertson and and, uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, I think he's going to get better. There's there's no reason to believe that he won't. Um, He can improve as a three-point shooter. Um, The Mavericks were one of the worst teams in the clutch last season. I think that's a big thing they can work on. Um, And if they improve in that regard, that will kind of raise their ceiling. So... I'm fascinated by them because I do see people kind of all over the place on them. There's some like you who see them kind of finishing at the bottom of the West uh, playoff picture. But I think it was the Athletics. John Hollinger had them as his projections to have them as the second best team in the West this season. What? Yeah. Um, I love John so-
1: Hollinger, but he he, he he needs to pass over whatever that is that uh, he's on right now. Because that is the second best team in the Western Conference. Is he expecting every other team to not field a, 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 an NBA team this year? Second best? I-
0: I mean, Luca's Luca's a regular. He's going to put up numbers in the regular season. He's going to carry that team. Um, hopefully, he can stay healthy because one of the things that doesn't really get talked about about Luca, it seems like, is that he always gets a little bit dinged up. He always seems to be dealing with something. He'll miss a little bit of time. Um, so, if he can stay healthy, I I, I think I wouldn't surprise me if the Mavs finish in the top four in the Western Conference in the regular season. Would it you?
1: Yes. Really? Yes, Why? There is there's great teams in the Western Conference. You're talking about Utah. You're talking about uh, the the Nuggets. You're talking about the Blazers, which I'm I, you know I'm high on. I, I, even we we didn't even get to the Suns yet, and the, the two LA teams. I, I I'm struggling to find where they who they knock out of the top four to, to be for me to place them in. So I, yes, I could I'd see be them shocked.
0: I could see them finishing top four. I could see them finishing ahead of the Jazz. I'm not, again. I'm not saying that this is going to happen, um, but I could see it happening. It wouldn't shock me at all. This team's going to be incredible offensively. Again, I think they'll be good defensively. Get Paul Zingas back, hopefully, near the start of January and you're up and running again. Um, I I think this team's going to be really good. They're going to carry that momentum in from last season, that first-round series with the Clippers, where everything kind of looked like it was clicking for them, even though they didn't have Paul Zingas, um, which obviously is a concern because he gets injured every single season. And if he's not healthy, that puts a ceiling on this team. Um, This
1: team's really good, though, and they're only going to get better. Yeah, they're good. Um, I don't know if they're top four good. Phoenix Suns. This is a team that is uh, just hoping to get back into the postseason. It's been a long time in Phoenix, and they finally have a team that I think could do it on paper. And uh, when you add Chris Paul... Uh, the way that they finished last season, they're going to have DeAndre Ayton now for, for the full season. He missed, of course, the first 25 or close to the first 25 games a season ago. Devin Booker seems hungry and motivated to make the postseason. They have a coach in Monty Williams who's pushing the right buttons. And then they have to, just some young pieces around that uh, seem to just work well with the, the one-two punch of Booker and Ayton. Um Where do you sit on this uh, Phoenix Suns team? Because it feels like everyone's putting them in pen in the playoffs. I I love the Suns
0: team. I I think uh, they obviously proved to be kind of a team on the rise in the bubble last season going 8-0 and almost making the playoffs when no one expected them to be in that position. I think Devin Booker proved himself to be an all-star caliber player last season. I think he's going to have a little bit of a jump this season. I think DeAndre Ayton should enter the season as one of the favorites to win Most Improved. I think he's going to have a huge season and Chris Paul is going to tie everything together nicely for them coming off of a season when he made an All-NBA team for the first time in a while and kind of proved himself to be one of the best point guards in the league again. And I think they just have pieces around them that make sense. Um, I'm, I'm really high on Bridges. I think he, he's kind of perfect for them defensively and he's shown signs of improvement offensively. Jay Crowder was a great pickup. That was one of the underrated pickups this offseason, I think, just because he gives them some of that nasty defensively. He can guard multiple positions. He's going to space the floor, which is going to be so important. Um, and I think... It, I not to get too ahead of ourselves here, but I I think they have the coach of the year um, on the sideline for them. Um, Mm. I I think Monty Williams is going to kind of put everything together in position for them. And I think they're going to be really good offensively. I think they could be good defensively. And to me, I I think it's a no brainer that they're a playoff team um, and it would be an absolute disaster if they weren't just because the the moves that they've made, um, the the improvements that I'm banking on, uh, this team
1: should be a playoff team in the West. I agree with you, with uh, except for the two things. One, I don't think that uh, I have a different coach of the year, and and if you know DeAndre Ayton, a number one overall pick, wins most improved, they should throw the award away. That should not. Oh, be Oh, don't a, do this! Don't do this! Don't do this! Brandon Ingram won it last year. Pick Brandon yeah, Ingram won it last year. and He's he the number two pick. I don't think he should have won it either. Anyone that's in the top three should not win the award. You, you should. Yeah, but these aren't these aren't, these aren't why you're selected in the top three. These
0: aren't the Colin Gay awards. You know, I know, there's there's I know. there's a number of people saying, should, in
1: this. You should be eliminated from the conversation if you were picked in the top three. I, I and I'm even shrinking it because it really should be the top five. But uh, we'll we'll stick it with the top three. Uh, team that uh, I, I guess I'm excited most to see. One of the teams that I'm excited most to see is the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't seen Steph Curry play meaningful basketball in a long time. I'm excited about that. We get to see him play opening night tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. Draymond's still not uh, completely healthy. Hopefully he gets back to the lineup soon. But uh, they have an interesting team, Scott. They have an interesting team, and they're going to rely a lot on – Guys, that uh, you know, in Andrew Wiggins hasn't been the most reliable. You know, I'm the leader of the Andrew Wiggins fan club. This is a year where I think that uh, he can turn that around and become consistent. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. He had a great season last year, and I think a lot of people are uh, maybe overrating him a bit. He, he was he was he was incredible last year, but I don't know if I'm as high on him as others. And then you have a number one or number two overall pick who's going to make his debut starting for the team against the Brooklyn Nets. No summer league, no training camp or limited training camp, no preseason games. He gets thrown right into the fire after a handful of college games in James Wiseman. Uh, This is an interesting team. I think they're a playoff team, but I don't know it's going to be close like they're gonna have to have everything go perfect for them to make it and that's unfortunate because had clay been there i think this would have been a contending team
0: yeah i'm right with you to to me I, i can't wait to see Steph back it's easy to forget that he's one of the most electrifying players in the league he's a perennial mvp candidate he does stuff on the floor that no one else in the league can do um in preseason obviously you want to take everything you see in preseason with a grain of salt but he looked great he's back to doing Steph things Um, And that's obviously huge for the Warriors and just huge for the the league um, because he's just just so much fun to watch and he means so much. My concern with them is that he's dealt with injuries the last couple of years. um, He's getting a little bit older and there is so much riding on him being healthy, um, especially now with Klay Thompson being out. Because if he misses any time, this team is is looking quite a lot like the one last year that was one of the worst (laughs) teams in the Western Conference. and obviously, you said it, like Andrew Wiggins improving would be big for them. Kelly Oubre gives them something they didn't have last year. Um, James Wiseman was the number two pick in the draft for a reason. But he's also, like you said, he played like three games in college. He's not having any summer league, um, a condensed training camp where he missed some of it. Um, so I, I, this is one of the teams, I'm fascinated to see them. Because I think they're going to be a ton of fun when Steph is out there, obviously. Um, but there's just so much riding on him that uh it it is going to kind of test the boundaries of what he's capable of doing as you know the 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 leader of this team um and and like you said draymond too if if he's dinged up and dealing with injuries all season long and can't play um that's huge as well because he's their best defender and without him their defense is probably going to fall off a cliff as well so um Mm -hmm.
1: yeah fascinating season for the warriors and it's just such a shame that that clay is not going to play I love that finally, I feel like, and we talked about this off the air a little while ago, but I love that this season, it feels like Steph's finally getting the credit for the type of player he is. Because I think when you, if you were to, to really step away from Steph's greatness and you looked at this team, you might say that they have a chance of missing the playoffs. But so many people believe in what Steph's ability is on the court, how good he can be, that I, I haven't seen many... T- People uh, really say that this team is not going to make the postseason, and I think that is just a credit for to how good Steph is. After all these years when people tried to downplay his greatness, we're finally seeing maybe people go the other way, and I don't want to say overrate his greatness, but for lack of a better word, overrate his greatness and putting this team, that is uh, when you take him away from it, probably back into the lottery. Um, he is that good, and, and finally he's getting the credit for uh, how good he can truly be be on the basketball court um one more team we could get to i i'll I'll leave it to you give me either memphis or the pelicans which one would you prefer to talk about um that's a good question let's talk about the pelicans all right of course, you're we going to pick the hell Zion Williamson, <laughs> Brandon Ingram. Uh, let's just talk about Zion. Why not? Right? Because he, he is a guy that uh, I think a lot of people are interested to see him play for a full season. We got a glimpse of him a year ago, a glimpse of him in the bubble, but it wasn't full go. It was always a minutes restriction. It was always he was, uh, you know, borderline out of shape. Now he's in shape, according to reports. There's not going to be a minutes restriction. There's a system in place. There are pieces around him to succeed. What do we expect out of Zion?
0: Well, the, the interesting thing about this team is that I think if you just look at them on paper, they look like a playoff team. Like Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Steven Adams, Lonzo Ball. Like, that's a good starting lineup. Uh, but the question with them is kind of how do all those pieces fit together? And I think that's the big thing because... Uh, I'm I'm huge on Zion. I think he has a potential to be one of the best players in the league. I think what he did prior to the bubble last season was he, he was putting up numbers that we've just never seen before or we haven't seen in, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from a rookie. Um but he is a very unique player in that he's he's a six foot six guy who plays center on offense. Um, and how do you maximize that and find the right players around him to enable him to be reach his full potential offensively? Um, and you know that that starts with Brandon Ingram, who they've just committed a max extension to. Um, can they kind of be on the same page? Can he can he fit next to Stephen Adams? I think defensively, Stephen Adams is is going to be big for them. Um, the two of them are just going to crash the glass and they're going to be so annoying for teams to play against because they're going to be so physical. Um, but obviously Zion is a, in his, at his best when he's playing in space and Steven Adams doesn't provide any of that. Um, Eric Bledsoe, we know all the problems with him offensively. So so I, I, I pick the Pelicans because I think they're a fascinating team. And also Stan Van Gundy, first season as the Pelicans head coach, replacing Alvin Gentry. Um, to see kind of how what what he what changes he makes offensively defensively, um, whether or not he can get the most out of Zion, but also guys like Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. Um, I, I just think from
1: top to bottom, they're a very interesting team. I think the Pelicans are a better team out of uh, the two teams we were going to discuss, Memphis or New Orleans. But I think New Orleans, or, or rather Memphis, uh, with the fact that they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They not many people are yeah. you know predicting that they're going to even make the playing game. And they, you know, were kind of that odd team in the playoffs last season. Most people are like, ah, oh, we don't want to make, we don't want to see Memphis make the, the the postseason because the Lakers are just going to sweep them. And Memphis kind of had that chip on their shoulder all year long. They were that team that was, you know, preventing us from getting a Zion LeBron matchup, and then and eventually a Dame Lillard LeBron matchup. They got that Dame Lillard LeBron matchup. But this season, um, the expectations are going to be low in Memphis. Rookie of the Year John Morant is is kind of getting the the uh, the highlight reel uh, moniker and and not good player. I see a lot of that online. Memphis has a good what? young team. I see a lot of that online. It's weird. Really, people that don't watch Memphis play, there's a lot of jaw. You know, I don't want to say haters, but there's a lot of jaw skepticism out there. Um, and this he's team, a real deal has a lot of players that have chips on their shoulder, and John Moran, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., if he could get back healthy, Brandon Clark, they, Jonas Valanciunas. They have a team that uh, can really go us against the world and surprise some people. not I don't even think anybody knows who their head coach is. You know, I, I couldn't have picked him out of the lineup this time last <laughs> year. So I'm well aware of who he is now. Taylor Jenkins, shout out to him. He had a great season last year. Could have been in the running for coach of the year. Um, hopefully uh, Memphis turns it uh, into some success this season, all that uh, negativity around them. All right, let's quickly run through our award predictions. Uh, before we go here, let's start with six Man of the Year. Who do you have? I have This is a
0: really tricky one um, because I do think a lot of the leading candidates might actually end up starting too many games to, to qualify for this award. But one guy I think is going to be super productive off the bench this season and also come off the bench all the season, if not most of it, is Montrez Harrell. And obviously he won it last year, so we know what he's capable of. But I think he's just going to put up huge numbers. I think the Lakers are going to rely on him quite a lot to keep LeBron AD healthy. Um, as possible and and I think he's going to be motivated because he signed that two-year contract the second year being a player option uh, to allow him to become a free agent in 2021 and I think he's going to want to prove himself again um, as one of the best players available in free agency and turn that into a big contract so I just think all those
1: factors together Harold is the one who stands out for me for this award. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I have uh, Dennis Schroeder uh, as my mm-hmm. pick and my official pick. He's, uh, I think he's going to be a, uh, in a situation where if the Lakers end up playing their starting lineup for 72 games, um, he could be right there in the running, but I don't think that will be the case. So he's my official pick, but my backup guy. Uh, I, I think I would have to go with Karis LeVert in Brooklyn. Um, Karis LeVert would be my, uh, my backup selection if I had to uh, pick one for six men of the year. Do you have one? A backup one, just in case Harrell plays too many games? So to keep an
0: eye um, on Um a good one. Um, honestly, the other pick that I was going to go with was Schroeder. I just think he's going to start too many games. Um, Norman Powell is another guy who stands out to me, because I think he started in too many games last season as well, just because the Raptors were one of the, one of the most injury-riddled teams in the league. Um, but he had a career across the board, and he's a guy who, if he stays in that six-man role in the Raptors and can kind of carry on what he did last season and stay healthy himself... Um, he he could get some love for this award, too. I wouldn't be surprised by that.
1: Jordan Clarkson also is not a bad pick. He could put some uh, some points in quickly in succession. Coach of the year, I'm going with uh, a guy I hated on on this very podcast. I said his heat was hot, and uh, he turned around and won. Back-to-back 3-1 series in the bubble, and uh, in my opinion, saved his job and also solidified his ability to coach with his back against the wall. Therefore, this season, I think he carries that over and wins coach of the year. Mike Malone of the Denver Nuggets is my selection for coach of the year. Uh, who do you have?
0: That's a good pick. I have Monty Williams. Yeah, I, I spoiled that one already. Um, I, I, I just think the Suns are going to be really good this season, and I think he's going to get, obviously, a lot of credit for that. Um, the, the hardest omission for me for this film was Eric Spalstra, because mm. it, it is still crazy that he's never won a coach of the year award we don't have to go through all those years but he he is without a doubt one of the best coaches in the NBA arguably the best coach um and i, I think the success that the heat had last season um it, if they're kind of a top four team in the east again i think you know he could get his due um and be recognized as the coach of the year just because it, it almost feels like he, he just deserves it do you know what i mean like yeah. it, it is yeah, weird Martin. that he's never won it
1: Unfortunately for him, he got more credit for the job he did after the votes were put in and the run that the team went on in the bubble. So maybe he does uh, get some of that residual effect now. Uh, MVP, you didn't spoil this one, so give it to us now.
0: I'm going Luka. I I think he's just going to have a huge season. I think that the the Mavericks are going to finish high enough in the West for him to kind of get recognized as league MVP. And I think working in his favor is that there's going to be voter fatigue with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think it's going to be really hard for him um, to kind of 3 as MVP, even though he's just going to be incredible again in the in the regular season. Because he, I think there's a case to be made. He's the best regular season player in the league right now. Um, but I think until he kind of proves it in the playoffs, people are going to punish him for that, for this award moving forward. And I think a lot of guys are going to be splitting votes you know ad and lebron in particular but potentially KD and kyrie um Kawhi and pg um so, so for me luca being the number the clear number one option in dallas he's going to be ready to go from day one no paul zingas is going to be mean more touches for him more opportunities to kind of put up big numbers and i think the mavs are going to build off of last season so for me he he's a pretty
1: easy pick for mvp yeah luca is uh is high up there on many people's ballot which we talked about early in the show but i just don't think that the mavericks will have a good enough record to uh to have Luca win the award therefore i'm going with anthony davis i expect the lakers to be the top team in the western conference I expect lebron to uh, kind of coast in the regular season and if that is the case ad will win mvp uh i think the narrative is out there that uh he, he was one of the best players on the floor in the finals a lot of lists have him as the number two player overall in the world um our list i think we we landed four, if i'm not mistaken Um, I I believe that's right I think it was uh, LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi and AD Yeah, and that sets up for AD to kind of leapfrog all those other guys when you uh, factor into how good he is defensively, when you factor into the fact that he's going to be uh, putting up some strong numbers and if he does take the the, the mantle of of being the go-to guy in the regular season while LeBron kind of just gets ready for the postseason run I think AD will win MVP all right scott it's time we've uh, dodged it enough let's make oh, no. our predictions for the finals uh and if you feel bold go ahead and give me a winner for uh for the nba title but first who comes out of the east
0: i have gone back on forth on this too much uh so many times already i, I think it's between the <laughs> nets and the bucks um right. and if you would ask me if we did this podcast two hours ago i think i would have said the nets Um, But I'm going with the Bucs because I think they're going to be a great team on both ends of the court again. But the big thing for me is that the Nets and I feel like other teams in the Eastern Conference this season don't have as clear of an answer as the Heat did last season Um, because they lost Jay Crowder. We talked about that last week. But I I, I just think this is kind of the year for the Bucs, and I don't think there's a team that's really built to stop them in the same way that the Heat and the Raptors did the last couple years, Um, especially the Nets. I think the biggest question mark with the Nets is defense. Offensively, they're going to be incredible. Um, So I've been back and forth on them, but right
1: now I think it's the Bucs. I can't pick the Bucs. You know that. I know. I I I need to see them win a playoff series when there is a team out there that has enough bodies to put in front of Giannis. And granted, I don't think... You're right. Maybe there's not a team with the tools that the Raptors and the Heath both have, but there is a game plan out there. And until Giannis cracks that code, I don't care who's in front of him. I cannot pick them. Uh, So And and I've been burnt twice already uh, the last two years by picking the Sixers. I think the Nets... Uh, have an opportunity here to to make a run. And I also think that they're going to make a trade at some point in the regular season. So the safe pick is the Brooklyn Nets for me. Uh, I expect to see them in the finals this season. Out west. I'm gonna go with the Lakers. If it wasn't already obvious uh, in our conversation off the top, I don't think there's a team in the Western Conference that got better uh, or as good as the Lakers did. And uh, you know they they're they're just tough. LeBron and AD are gonna be tough to beat. I was on them all last year, um, and they are they're. I'm sticking with them again. I think when you enter the season. With two of the top five players in the world and you're going to enter every postseason series, I don't care who's around them. With two of the top five players in the world, you have a chance to win and the Lakers are my pick to make the finals.
0: Yeah, this is boring. I'm right there with you. Um, The Lakers are the team. And by the way, we had Anthony Davis third on our best players ranking ahead of Kawhi Leonard um, just to clear that up. So, yeah, I think the Lakers are clearly the best team in the West going into the season as long as they can stay healthy. um, It's hard for me to see them. Um, not coming out of the out of the West. and also, you know, you said it, let's be bold. I think the Lakers are gonna win the title. I think they're the favorites
1: going into the season. Um, yeah, I think they're for all the reasons as well. we've already said. yeah, I think they repeat as well and hopefully it's a good series uh, as we got in the last finals because even though it was a six game win for the Lakers, that still was in a, a compelling series between them and the Miami Heat. Good health around the world for everyone listening. Happy holidays for you guys around the world as well. If you haven't already, check out NBA.com to get you set for the start of the regular season. We have award predictions there from all of our staff. We have the top thirty players in the NBA, uh, and we have the top or the top. Players under 23, 23 under 23 in the NBA. Another exciting list. So many things leading you up to the start of the NBA season, which begins tonight. Brooklyn hosting the Golden State Warriors in the Battle of LA in game two. And a reminder if you haven't gotten yet NBA League pass, I remind you, and I'm saying as a user myself, the app is 10 times better. So much smoother. Go and get it today. Uh, 13 games on the 23rd leading up until the uh, to the Christmas Day. Great games that we have for you in this league. For Scott Rafferty, I am Carlin Gay. We will see you back here 3 p.m. Eastern time next week on a Tuesday around the NBA Global Networks. Thanks for listening.